1: They are occasionally interesting. Well, what is the most unrealistic thing you believe in?
0: <laughs> He's giving oh. us really shifty eyes right now. What is
2: the most unrealistic thing I believe in?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Well, I think it's very realistic. Love is the greatest force in the universe. Love? Love is the greatest force in the universe.
0: If there was one behavior or action you could get everyone in the world to do or stop doing, what would it be?
2: Making war. I like that. (laughs) As, As they said back in the Vietnam era, what would happen if they declared war and nobody showed up?
1: What is the most annoying thing about people?
2: Annoying thing about people? I don't find people annoying, so
0: it's ah. a hard one to answer. See, that's, that's what Trevor. It's was one of was those like. ones. Yeah, screw yeah. you guys. There's no way. I just don't. I just don't buy it. People are annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing you find annoying about people. Universally annoying? No.
1: People who don't make right on reds when they can. People who talk loudly on their phone in public places.
0: People who take selfies in inappropriate places. Oh, what's the one? I feel a comedian recently said one that like really annoys me, and worded it perfectly to make me feel very ridiculous. Of like, I I hate it when people in front of me aren't walking at the exact pace that I want them to. Oh, I, I
2: know. I have I have one. I do have one. <clears throat> I do have one that really annoys me, and it's gender specific. I've noticed that women in a in a cash register line do not open their purse and get their money out in advance of the cash register ringing up a total
0: I mean and who it, uses cash anymore in the US like well, that they, sounds crazy yeah,
1: you have to get, get a credit card, card
2: right?
1: I so want all, all this to time room. to prepare That's right
2: yeah. and they don't I find that very annoying That's
0: uh, a, that's a good one It's interesting I haven't noticed this I definitely do do prepare my payment method. In general, I'm an impatient person, but especially when it comes to like queuing or in any way standing behind people, this is it. Walking behind people, standing behind people, I get so angry. I want to kick everybody in the back of the knees so bad. <laughs> just...
1: Have you ever seen? There's a picture of like I think I think it was like shown in like you know. There's a series of like ways that people act in lines, and then you can like get people to do weird things in lines if you you know. It's a psychology thing that they teach in psychology classes. Like everybody, like jump when they hear a noise, and they're all standing, and they all start to do it. And um, there's one picture that has always stuck with me as like a gene. Like I wish more people were like this in general life. And it was uh, there was a line for something. I don't know what it's for, but there's one person standing and talking to the counter, and the rest of the people are sitting down in a line with their shoes lined up, so they know who's next. I don't know why they didn't just... I mean, there was, like, something... I forget exactly how it went, but it was, like, that's a genius idea, Rather, Like, very practical. Like, why... Rather than all stand there for an hour, when we just line up our shoes and then we can do whatever we want, then we know who's next.
0: What's the longest line you've ever stood in?
2: Disneyland.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, probably something in Disneyland. Like. Disneyland, for sure. Without a doubt. What a strange...
0: Yeah, like, all theme parks are essentially... Queue parks,
1: which I I can I can't imagine. I mean, I, I wouldn't know this for certain, but it seems like a strange kind of hell to take a young child to a place and make them sit in line for it's hours on end. still. Yeah, now sit here and wait for something that's going to excite you.
0: Yeah. Like there just seems
1: it seems it seems like a a cruel joke.
0: Yeah, terrible idea. I don't
1: know how it's become so popular. There's two ways to avoid it. Bring someone in a wheelchair.
0: Oh yeah, I've learned about that yeah. hack.
2: Or date one of the staff. Mm.
1: I think you can also pay an exorbitant amount of money and get a special pass. But I like your ways better.
0: <laughs> what is something that is really popular now, but in five years everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by? Facebook. Facebook. Just Facebook in general. Facebook in general. I be, I mean, seriously, it's been. Here I don't believe we did that. For, <laughs> it's been over 15 years I that think... it's been mainstream. I don't think it's going yeah. away. I think maybe the current. I'm sure the current format that it's in is going to change, and perhaps and hopefully the way that the general public interacts with it is going to change. But Facebook. Well, that effectively as entity, that
2: effectively means that Facebook went away. Facebook as we know it. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, Facebook as we knew it in 2015 is completely gone. Facebook as we knew it 2010, completely gone. You think so? I mean, 2010, I can't actually really remember. 20... Oh, I didn't have Facebook in 2015. But 2010 uh, was all about, you know, poking. <laughs> and... No, I don't really remember. But, like, there was a lot of, like, writing on each other's walls. It was, yeah, it was very different. I feel like it was much less, uh, I don't remember did Facebook advertising exist then or was it just that I was 20 and nobody was targeting me? <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's interesting. Yeah, I don't think Facebook's going anywhere. I think I think I think we're seeing the beginnings of a virtualization of our of our essence. And that's only going to get worse or more intricate, I guess. Worse is up to us.
0: Have you seen the movie Her? Walking Phoenix? Yes. So Trevor watched the first like half, and then was like, "I get the basic idea, but I want to know what happens." So he just like scrubbed through the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, that was was, good he thought person. it was too boring to, yeah, to actually watch true. every moment of that's
2: it. That's true. Once you get once you get what's going on, then you can, you can
1: jump to the end. Yeah, it was a great way to watch that film. <laughs> it was an intri- intriguing film. Yeah. I think I watched it the way, way that, the way it like, was intended. The Lord intended.
0: Yeah.
1: What is your favorite thing about yourself?
2: Hmm. I get along with me very well. Very comfortable in my own skin. My insides and my outsides are the same. I don't have to put on a facade for the world. What you see is pretty much what you get.
1: you always that way? No.
0: (laughs) When did you become that way?
2: Well, I started becoming that way when I got sober.
0: Seeing a pattern.
2: (laughs) I realized that probably the most comfortable time I was of my life up to getting sober was when I was in the military because I got to wear a uniform.
0: So that was like... You knew who I was.
2: uh, Hmm. Yeah. And uh, when I got sober, I didn't have alcohol and I didn't have a uniform. So I discovered that it's much easier to walk through the world when your insides and your outsides match.
1: What do you think about the... So what I would say is, like, you you put on a uniform and you know who you are. But what you're giving up is, is the freedom to choose that person. You get told what to do and you do it. And... What you're expressing, and I think it's a very real thing: is the comfort that that can provide. The, there's a the, the, there's a there's an Avengers movie. Have you seen the Avengers? No. Well, there's a character Loki, and he can he can control minds, and he comes down to Earth. And there's a whole, whole thing: is to enslave Earth. He's like, guys, you guys don't want to be free. Like this is you guys, you guys do best when you're told what to do. This is what makes you happy. It's a very interesting concept and it's one that you just kind of hit on and I find very interesting. You know, where how do you how do you balance those things? Do they deserve to be balanced? What what is what's going on there? They seem counterintuitive, you know, we're, we're supposed to be free, you know, individuals who a lot of people can't handle that, don't want to handle it, I don't know. Botch it up pretty
0: damn bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah or we reference this uh, mouse experiment all the time, but yeah, it makes me think of that of the the ten percent outliers of mice who actually thrive in a utopia, and the rest just go to shit. You know. You heard about this? We should look it up and
2: actually watch. This I'm
0: pretty video. sure we have looked it up. <laughs> actually, the book
2: that came to mind when you said that was uh, Madeline Albright's book, Fascism.
0: I've not read it,
2: and uh, she talks a lot about why uh, countries become fascist, and that's uh, sort of fits in with what you're talking about—that uh, people like a strong leader tells them what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. we talk a lot about uh, cults with our with our friends, and uh, we've yeah. all come to the conclusion that the best laid cults are those with a benevolent dictatorship
1: maybe the most efficient form of government would be a benevolent dictatorship that's if that existed
2: one problem becomes an oxymoron she has two great examples in the book take a look at it liberal, fascists. oh yeah No better than the other (laughs) kind.
0: Absolutely. I feel like... Well, I think it's because I get to see them more up close and in detail, but at this moment in time, I feel like liberal fascists frighten me more than conservative fascists. They frighten you equally, or or conservatives frighten you more? I don't know. I think
1: conservatives still frighten me more, but I am continuously surprised by how awful the liberal fascists can be. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the attack on free speech is what has really unnerved me the most out of anything. But What is your most embarrassing story from childhood?
2: I was caught shoplifting.
0: When you were how old?
2: I must have been around 12, maybe.
0: What were you shoplifting? Caps. (laughs) For a cap gun? For a cap gun, yes. Wait, is this the thing that you taught me about the other day? Yes, yes. I'm guessing these were very cheap. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. What happened when you got caught?
2: Well, I got terrified for one thing. I was very embarrassed and went home and kept waiting for the phone to ring. Mm -hmm. The proprietor of the store made me give him my phone number.
0: Why would you tell the truth on what your phone number was? Well,
2: when you're terrorized, it's hard to come up with alternate... (laughs)
0: just change one digit man uh,
2: right uh, no it didn't didn't occur to me I think that was a, because I was so embarrassed at having been caught
1: did the phone ever ring
2: no he never called and we became good buddies later on
0: you and the store proprietor? oh yeah 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 <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah
2: Mr. Resnick this corner the corner bodego that word we don't use in the u.s.
1: <laughs> Jan, Jan was saying this is a Philly-specific term.
0: Well, I say oh, like, everybody yeah, in Philly right. says it. I didn't say it's Philly-specific. Well, yeah, yeah, well, specific is really seeming like a hard wish. I know. I learned it
2: from somebody who lives in Brooklyn, so...
0: I've lived in many different places in the U.S., and the place where people say bodega the most is Philadelphia. Oh.
1: What is your least favorite thing about being a parent? It could be terrifying.
0: Did you anticipate it being terrifying going in? Or beforehand or no, whatever? No, What did you think it was going to be beforehand?
2: Well, I was used to kids, so I don't really think about it much. I've been around babies all my life. So they were, they were no mystery to me. And I was quite curious when Julie was born at first. I had really no emotional reaction to it at all. And uh, then... Uh, about six weeks later i was i was changing her diaper and i fell in love <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was like a rogue wave and it scared the hell out of me and i realized that anything happened to this little baby that i would not be able to go on so that's when i suggested the that maybe we ought to have another child <laughs> People find that as a very strange she story. Prompt, promptly agree? <laughs> oh, I don't know if she promptly agreed, I but, mean, he... but we had this, the second one 18 months later. Yeah, so. that's
0: what uh,
2: And then when your brother got sick, that was terrifying. Yes, uh, it was. Felt like he died.
0: But you went on.
2: Hmm? You went on. I went and found some babies. What? <laughs> I left the hospital, and I went over to my friend Rachel, yeah. who had three children, one, two, and three years old. And she said, when I arrived, she was busy or something, and she said, you know, I, I uh, I'm not available right you. now. Yeah. And I told her I didn't need her. I needed the kids. And I just hugged those three little kids <laughs> for dear life. Aww. Yeah. It worked. It worked. Calmed me right down. Aww. Yeah.
0: It's interesting.
2: Yeah. Love's the most powerful force of the universe. I went and got some.
0: Why did you need it from babies specifically, though?
2: Because they give it unconditionally. They didn't care what was wrong. (laughs) They just knew that Uncle Bill was there. And uh, that was cool enough. And they said something was wrong. They they looked at me kind of funny and just put their arms around me and let let me hug them.
1: I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, we're getting married, so, of course, the topic of whether or not to have children has come up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird time to be having that conversation.
0: You mean with, like, what the world looks like in 2020? Yeah. yeah. I agree.
1: You know, I remember when Trump got elected, and I was talking to Julie on the phone that night, and we both just cried. Max was born. We were concerned about what it look like for his future. Hasn't gotten better since then. Nope. And I don't know. It seems like it seems like it'd be a lot of work <laughs> to raise a damn kid. I, it doesn't seem worth it.
2: You know, it's funny you say that because I look at new parents now and i feel think that and I never felt that having my own so I can see why where you're, where you're sitting I
0: mean it's also been a progression towards like to be a good parent today is increasingly more involvement in helicoptering than it was oh, when know. we were kids yeah. absolutely are you kidding you don't know Kids today aren't allowed to, like, go outside the house. They're not allowed to play with the neighborhood kids. They're not allowed to run down the street. They're not allowed to climb the trees. You're you're a neglectful parent, and you can be arrested if your yeah. kid walks home from school alone.
1: To the point where now, like, two states have had to make laws that say that parents won't get in trouble for allowing their kids to be kids. Right. I think it started with Maryland to the the opposite way, where the yeah. kid went to, was allowed to walk to the park, and then the parents got arrested for child endangerment because they let their kid walk to the park. Sit- there's a
2: there's a there's a great there's a great little essay about kids today. And uh, you know how they uh, they don't respect authority and it goes on and on and on about That's been how we talked
0: about kids since the beginning of kids. Yeah. Every generation has always said that about whatever whoever's kids today.
2: Yeah. Well, it was written it was written by Virgil back in,
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> so <laughs> that's some things have
2: not changed over yeah. the millennia.
0: Yes, So Certainly My main concern for bringing another uh, resource destroyer into the world is that not only will they continue to destroy the planet—the single worst thing you could do for the environment is to have a child—but also that there's a very statistically, right now, we're looking at that catching up to our children and uh being a terrible world to live in this is all happening very soon and very quickly and it seems like so selfish and cruel to have a child seemingly for our own purposes just so that the planet that they grow up in can be inhospitable in their own time and yeah hopefully Hopefully, the point of us having children is that they'd be uh, planet warriors and planet crusaders, and that we'd raise them to save the world and potentially be some helping to, to stop this well, that's doom and destruction. That's Kathy's job. Is to raise her children to be planet warriors?
2: No, she's, she's the one. Each one of my children have a function in the world. Uh huh. Kathy's is to save the,
0: planet. save
2: the planet. Yes, Julia's to keep it entertained.
0: What are your boys?
2: Edgit's is to connect connect everybody together, and Ed and, and Trevor's the one who's supposed to figure out how to make a buck out, out of what the other three are doing. How <laughs> uh, about it? Uh, uh, he's the entrepreneur. I did hope I'd have a physicist, but I didn't. I didn't get. I got an environmentalist. I guess that's pretty close. Uh, but I didn't get a physicist.
0: He likes physics. I know he does. He, you know, he, he close. He thinks about it a lot. you know,
2: they're, yeah. So I looked over at my list as you, as you were talking about having children. And, and there's two things you were talking about. You were talking about doubt and despair. Well, the, the choice you can make is to stay with doubt and despair or go with faith, faith and hope. So I would follow Francis's lead and have children.
1: <laughs> I'm not convinced.
0: No. Are you not convinced? But... He he's, he's he's when we speak to other people, he's less convinced, and when we speak one on one, he's positive that he's having children.
1: I wouldn't say that. I'd... I like the idea of you know, cultivating somebody. In my image
2: oh yeah well, that that certainly happens <laughs>
0: <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> right. so. yes
2: talk about parlous <laughs> um. the uh, the uh, serenity prayer comes in really handy when you have children
0: <laughs> Comes in really handy no matter what. <laughs> my, my favorite, especially for parents.
1: Parent. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't know if I'd have the energy though. I don't even, worrying about a puppy is enough.
2: Yeah. Some of my puppies are worse.
0: Go on. Well, well, we, you know
2: you're going to lose the puppy. The puppy's going to is is probably uh-huh. going to die before you do.
0: No, it's fine. We made a pact. To, to we're all being immortal.
2: Oh. And then it's really tough to get medical insurance for them.
0: Well, this is why we live in, in a country where it is very easy and affordable to take care of yourself and your pet.
1: Even when it is at Yeah, again,
0: Speaking of which, taking, taking this guy to the vet today. Yeah, I'm quite happy with this uh, level of... Fear and worry. I don't
1: know. It seems a little much for me. It's a lot of fear and worry.
0: For two? Chew- Wait, what? Yeah, for two. Oh yeah, and you want you want to exponentialize that with your progeny? No. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is that e- either decision is fine: to have children or not I have children. You think that's a new? Yeah, yeah. Do. Idea, I do.
0: Yeah, that's how my mom talks about it. Of like, it's just a completely new idea. Like, it wasn't even a question that people asked themselves when they were in their reproductive years. That it was just like it's kind of
2: like joining the military. It's just it was just a given. Yeah, we never really thought about it. It was just something we did.
0: Especially we got married and children
2: bought a house.
1: Theme amongst your generation, is just just doing Ooh. shit without thinking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of that. What do you think is responsible for a new? I Man seems like there's a lot of these new ideas of, of thought, of things that just didn't can, wasn't wouldn't have, been considered, new, directions
2: of. I don't know if that's new. I've really looked at the history of that. Does every generation. Not take for granted the things that the previous generation took for granted. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think definitely every generation has, well, I mean, I don't know, We I only know about recent history because that's what's recent and recorded more than other forms of history, but certainly in the last century, it seems that every generation has had totally new ideas than the generation before it, and I've got to imagine it's been like that to some extent that's right. previously, although I think globalization has sped that up, and now we have more globalization than ever. This really rapid exchange of ideas.
2: So, my my parents told me that rock and roll was just a flash in the pan; it wouldn't last.
0: That's like (laughs) the funniest thing. Of I can't. It seemed like all parents were saying, talking shit on rock and roll and being like. Oh, I think in the 20s weird it was jazz,
2: and I think these, these days it's yeah, hip
0: hop. And jazz never died. Right.
2: Um, hip
0: hop's <laughs> stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, hip hop's been around for our whole sucks. lives. I mean, I don't know, disco died. No, well, yeah, not like hundred percent. I mean, it's not like the main trend. But like, what does died mean? Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I, I look at uh, ideas like you know, and I think it's more of like a like a like a bacterial growth. <laughs> You have these things that spread, and they, they, to to how strong they are, determines how long they last, and then something else comes in and spreads out from an epicenter. And this country was born, democracy then spread. We're seeing that ebb and flow, but, you know. We'll see. See which bacteria wins out. What else we got? What is the book that has most influenced your life? Prince of Tides. Is that fictional or not? What's the most... Fictional. Non-fictional book. Bill
0: <laughs> 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 uh, wanted us to change this question to "What's the fiction book that has most influenced your life uh, and we said no.
1: How has that book influenced your life? Prince
0: so of Tides is about uh, a child
2: with a really terrible beginning who succumbs to it for a long time and then finally rises above it. It's really a story of, uh, I felt it very connected to it. How I felt about my childhood did not have to rule my life. It's also a great movie.
0: What what three adjectives would you use to describe your childhood?
2: Angry. uh, Loved. I was very really loved. Lonely. Why lonely? I didn't think anybody liked me.
0: You felt loved by your parents or at least my, my your mother. mother? My
2: mother, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a great mom. I had the kind of mom they make movies about.
0: Aww. Good movies about. <laughs> Good. Nice. Uh, uh,
2: I didn't know that, that that people had mothers that were problematic at all
0: until you were like 40 or something.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I thought all moms were moms, you know? (laughs) And they're not. So that's... So
0: funny to me. What do you mean? Why didn't you think people liked you? And then when did you start thinking that people liked you?
2: When I started doing a... I wrote a... Part of therapy, I had to write a... Like an autobiography. Mm -hmm. And in the autobiography, there were, you know, lots of communities organizations that I joined over the years and for some odd reason I always rose right to the top of these organizations I was a vice president of my fraternity I was uh, on the board of directors of the radio station uh, it just goes on and on and so I began to realize that my, my perception of how other people perceived me was just cockeyed yeah and, uh
0: why do you think it was so off?
2: Don't know don't know uh, It's a common syndrome. I meet a lot of people who, who feel this way they're very they're overly worried about what people are thinking about them.
0: Do you think that that is inextricable from social anxiety like are those linked? Are gonna, oh yeah, I think yeah
2: definitely linked yeah
0: can yeah. you have one without the other?
2: Probably not. Al-Anon was the great, great, the greatest message from Al-Anon is what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> i really internalized that one. Yeah. That gives, that gives you a great deal of freedom in the
0: world. That's interesting. I feel like I never, I've always been pretty decent, not thinking about what other people think about me, but. I think my big thing with Al-Anon was that I absolutely had a savior complex and thought that a big ticket to get people to to like me and think I'm wonderful is to be this martyr saving everybody all the time. Um, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that works. (laughs) I mean, I did. I like people. I I got a lot of positive reinforcement, Uh, uh, but it came at a great cost. Yeah, that's for
2: sure. That's
0: for sure. Uh, How do you feel about compliments?
2: About compliments, yeah.
0: About yourself,
2: I say thank you.
0: How do you feel about them?
2: Uh, I'm a little uneasy sometimes, but I've I've trained myself
0: to accept them with to some accept grace. Accept them
2: and simply say thank you.
0: Yes. What do you, what do you think? What Why are you uneasy sometimes?
2: Well, I lived, I lived for a long time thinking that if you really if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. And that's why my insides and my outsides didn't match.
0: Yeah. Is that because you didn't like yourself or because oh, you yeah. had a screwed up Big perception time. of how people actually thought about you or both?
2: Both. Both.
0: It's like it's like body dysmorphia of a personality. It's so interesting.
2: Yeah. A terrible way to live.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely dreadful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, it was nice to find out you have choices about that kind of thing. You don't have to live that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. is it Saint Francis's prayer that taught you that you have choices about that, or?
2: No, I think that was twelve steps, Mister Winkin.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, we're as happy as if we decide we, 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 we make a decision to be happy.
0: Yeah. 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 Happiness is a habit. Yeah. How do you feel about compliments?
1: Depends on the compliment. Depends on the giver. I feel that they're genuine, and something that I value, then sure. If it's not something I value and genuine, it's like okay. And something that I disagree with, then I become skeptical.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: The one I find the strangest is my eyes.
0: How much people love your eyes?
2: People love my eyes. Yeah. And I, that always it it always kind of it used to sort of take me aback. Now it just sort of amuses me. Yeah, but I hear that i I've been looking at Trevor's eyes, and I wonder how, if we're the, if they're the same color as mine. Or
0: they're very similar, definitely. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I certainly think Trevor has beautiful eyes, but it has been very like weird to go through the world with him and be like. People will just like carte blanche accept him into things because they're like he has kind eyes. End of story. Like obviously he's a good person. Like <laughs> this has happened so many times yeah. where people give say this direct feedback to me of like, yeah. oh yeah, I don't need to know anything else about him. Clearly <laughs> right. he's good and you've made a good choice. Look at yeah. his eyes. Right. And I'm like what? What are you saying? Yeah. Like this makes just because they're like light. Frank blue, Sinatra D. Martin had the this same is eyes. So weird. What? Why does that? Like just. Wait, what? Dean Martin had big blue eyes? Oh, yes, he
2: did. Yes, he did.
0: But, like, Frank Sinatra is the most, like, famous blue-eyed dude ever. Right. Like, literally called old blue eyes. Old blue eyes. And I do not think of Dean Martin as old blue eyes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I do. I do. Uh, Okay.
2: He was, in his movies. Yeah. I I think they gave him blue contacts with his blue eyes. Interesting. Because his eyes kind of flash
0: at the camera. Same with... Bing Crosby. Have you seen White Christmas? I feel like the techni- Technicolor is kind of like. Yeah, Bing Crosby's, Bing Crosby's eyes look like your eyes. <laughs> in, in White Christmas, anyway. Uh, I think that was. Dean Martin me. has brown eyes. Yeah, man. I've been him. Really? Yeah, I did not think so. I mean, I think of him as handsome, but I think of him as like Italian. I'll looking. be damned. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) We just looked up a picture of Dean Martin. Well, like
2: I said, they gave him contacts in the movies. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's funny. Uh, Huh.
2: Another another myth exploded.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like your children are more similar or more different to one another?
2: Different for... Four, four very distinct individuals. That's why it's my favorite thing in the world is to get them together and get them into in usually a political conversation, and then I retreat to the corner of the room and just. The, are, listen, you,
0: are you guys all basically on the same page with like some subtle oh, nuance of no. <laughs> I mean, we did have a really long um, argument with Kathy about turquoise the first time we visited Duranga <laughs> and turquoise and moccasins cultural misappropriation in general. She's much more sensitive. Sensitive, yeah.
2: No, they don't. They make they they are in fundamental agreement at at, at one level, but the, the devil's in the details. Yeah, and and they're devilish, and and they love to f- argue with one another.
0: They also get along swimmingly.
2: Yes, yes, it's really, it's really great fun, and a lot of people who have sat there with me and watched this phenomenon
1: uh, uh, are charmed by it.
0: Yes, certainly.
1: Yeah. I think one of the the reasons why a lot of people, I'd say the majority of people, don't interest me is I was fortunate enough to grow up with interesting parents and interesting siblings. Yeah. Where the standard conversation of weather, or who won the game last night, or is just so dull that it bores me to tears.
0: Mm. Totally. I say this too, we talk about this with some frequency of being like, I really like people in general. I like interacting with people. But like, I don't deeply like hardly anybody, because I think, yes, I, the, my immediate, I was born into my best friend and soulmate, my cousin Kelsey, and she's the she's set the bar ridiculously high. She's just the greatest person that's ever existed. And then and and so are my parents. And what chance does anybody else stand? Everybody's pretty uh Yeah, you you made the cut, but I'd say yeah. I know. I totally agree with your family. Your family is the level of interesting and awesome that that I've been looking for in my whole life.
1: How do you feel about I'm sports?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Were you actually on? I'm a, uh,
2: I'm a fair weather sports fan. I love Philadelphia teams when they're winning.
0: That sounds like every Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> well,
2: you know why Philadelphia has all these sports teams.
0: No, I guess not. They're it's big to teach city, us but...
2: tolerance and patience. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs>
0: I don't think it's worse very it well. <laughs> That's why they
2: keep losing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> See, I, I have strong opinions about sports. And they're not good.
0: <laughs>
1: I think that sports serve a terrible purpose. I think they numb people. I think that they reinforce this competitive nature that I think is... Is should we should be trying to eliminate from society I think you could have sport and you could have like a competitive like I really like a, like where it's it's not you're just trying to be like the best at something you're not necessarily trying to be better than somebody else it's not like it's you know I think that I think you could rearrange sports to be more yes. in line with that have you played
2: have you played games with uh, Max I
1: mean we've yeah we've not not any... Not sports games? Yeah, I games. guess not tr- not, so like, not structured games. I feel like we, well, no, I played, yeah, we, played, we played board games. Yeah, we played some board games.
2: Now, it, it's, it's interesting that the board <coughs> games that Ronnie and your sister choose have no winners and losers. Hmm. You're, you're, you're you're playing as a... As a uh,
1: your like players that. are colleagues in your, in your... And I like that they're thoughtful enough to consider that in their yeah, choice of
2: yeah, I, really, I found yeah. that very curious. I think that's a,
1: a wise choice. I mean, it just makes me so sad, like, that people, you know, Andy was here the other day, and we were talking about sports, and the way that people get excited and, and really, like, it just seems like such a waste of energy and, and, and time and, and thought, and... And it's like, it's like a way of having small talk about something that now feels like it's meaningful.
0: Yeah.
1: So now you've taken the meaningless and made it meaningful and people now and dedicate really their lives. It. Yeah, like, it's a source of pr- like, There's something really destructive. And I don't
0: think I've ever, and, I know, I've never heard you talk about it like this. Yeah, I really like what you're saying right now. It's you're very probably, nice you're probably you absolutely right, but I
2: love baseball.
1: And I love mm. figure skating.
0: Let's definitely get, like, a sports person on the podcast. This is so interesting to hear your points of view on this. I, I hate really, I really like what you're saying. And
1: yeah. you know, I know people that,
2: like, you know. The thing is, I don't disagree. But, but I still love baseball.
0: <laughs> baseball's so boring. What do you uh, possibly love about it? I mean, like, I think I've been to a lot of Phillies games. I think there is something like fun, and if you if you go with like a big bunch of your family, but I'm never watching the game. It's the atmosphere of like going to the ever play the sport stadium, yeah. Hate it. Really? I have I have had I've had winged uh, scapulas my whole life. They're like really 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 winged, not connected. I am so unbelievably <laughs> bad at throwing watch balls. Watch her throw something. That's... It is. Trevor's maybe the well, thing that cheers no him up like most sports. in the world is to watch me throw a dart. <laughs> hey, I'm good oh at God. I'm good at things that aren't um, arm. That was funny. We should Sorry. go
1: get tacos later, and you can watch her throw some darts. It's it's quite the, it's is, quite the I the might
0: same be the worst dart though. <laughs> I, in the I world. think
1: that she never made more than one dart on the board at one time. Like I'm
0: coming for like thirty minutes.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. It was very, you
0: know, the best. <laughs> I, worst I do it for you, player. dear. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of pizzazz. You're even
1: better at ping pong. I'll admit that. You've come a long way. (laughs)
0: Thank you so much. Um, But
1: Yes, I have strong opinions about sports.
0: How do you feel about chess?
1: I like chess. It's also built on the same paradigm. Yeah. But I don't... I mean... Well, so... It could just be that it's not necessarily, you know, the sports. It's how how society is formed around the sports. And Yeah, you know, I mean I think that they're kinda they are kind of kind of go step in step, but you know, I'd like to see pop up stadiums form around who can build the best house for the fucking lichen.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. You know,
1: like that like there's there's gotta be other but Yeah, I mean I do like the battle of wits. But I don't necessarily see chess as like yeah, there's a competitive aspect to it, but it's more, it's more of like solving puzzles for me. It's more about, it's not necessarily being better than the other. It's it's about anticipation and and logic and you know who can have the most thought trains at one time. Chess is probably about as competitive as I get.
0: I feel like poker. the things like chess. Or pokers like chess. Or I I like, yeah. poker or or these are things where like you're learning from your opponents and you're taking on the things that you learn and making yourself better with them as opposed to being in like direct competition. I mean like would you would you feel jealousy and envy over a good chess player? Like would you feel negative emotions to see somebody really succeeding at chess?
1: No, not really.
0: Would you feel inspired and curious?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably more so. There was, Sam Weinroth was good at fucking chess. He was, he was just really good at fucking it.
2: Yeah. So was Phil Laven.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I guess I felt a little little jealousy there. But none of that, yeah, I mean, more of it was more just like, oh, okay, like this is something that I could actually study and get like better at. Yeah, that's inspiration. And,
0: yeah. I mean, that's.
1: But you could say the same thing. I mean.
0: What.
1: You could say the same thing about sports, I guess. Yeah, you could. I was just thinking of that. But the essence of them seems different.
0: Yeah. I'm not a competitive person other than against myself. And... I mean, I'm not thinking about sports right now. I'm thinking about, like, art and design and whatnot and just being like, when I see something really good, I'm never angry at that person. I'm only inspired to go make something awesome myself, maybe steal some of their stuff, and I always want my stuff to be stolen. I love being an inspiration to other people and, I mean, curatedly borrowed or strategically borrowed, however you want to call it.
1: Would you consider yourself a competitive person? Yes. Would you
2: consider really? yourself a competitive yeah. person? In games? I mean, with, especially with games.
0: I mean, I, get, I think it's really fun to get, like, into it and excited. Like, my family always plays charades and whatnot, and, like, we play, when we get together, My, uh, we play a lot of, like, really silly and timed games. Our favorite game, other than charades, is called the 30-second game, where it's, like, cards, and you have to uh, you can't say the word on the card, and you have to like say other words to get people, and you have to try to get as many as you possibly can in 30 seconds. And I'd say we get like it's competitive is not the right word. Everybody wants to win and like go really fast, but it's just like yeah. it's just about having a hilarious time with See, people you take, love. Yeah, I would
2: take that very seriously. I, would, I, would... I, I feel know. like
1: I judge competitiveness based on how poorly you lose,
2: well, not necessarily
1: how much you want to win. I don't know if that's typical or how know, generally I people yeah. I it was, like that. It was
2: funny. You know, at Christmas, uh, Terry and Lois were in the same room. And Terry's just started to take bridge lessons. And Lois and I used to play bridge a lot. Huh. And so when Terry said that she was taking bridge lessons, Lois went, uh-oh. You're not going to play with Bill, are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, take, I take the game very seriously and uh, it's not a social event it's it's I'm into
1: it and uh, so I guess so, I guess I'm, I guess I'm so that's so why I, if there's a game so they, being played I want the game to be played seriously yeah, there yeah. we go <laughs> yes
0: that's how I feel but like if I beat you at a game you wouldn't carry over like real life resentment no, towards probably. me yeah, <laughs>
1: like yeah. especially I mean if you I'd be happy that you yeah I might go back and get out a chess book <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I might step up my game. Okay. Yeah, you
0: know. yeah. All right. What life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced? A couple of them I haven't been doing for a while. Are you less sane and balanced than when you were doing them? Uh,
2: I think so. Uh, I used to belong to a faith community, and I'm not active in a faith community now. And uh, I miss it a lot. Enough uh, what do you to, miss about it? Yeah. why? Uh, I take time out to be to connect with a higher power. And, uh, and I love the I love the liturgy of the Catholic Church,
0: physical church. What is liturgy?
2: Liturgy is the smells and bells. It's the show, hmm. and its purpose is to. Hmm. It's repetitive, it's the same thing every week. Hmm. Uh, so it has a rhythm. And it allows Nathan you to refer
1: that as ritual it. magic.
2: Yes, yes.
1: It's <laughs> a good way to put it.
2: And it, it it puts you in a place where you're kind of blocks out the rest of the world.
0: You're receptive. Yes. Open to receiving yep. you. Yep. Yeah. That's what we have
2: liturgy. Yeah. And The music's wonderful. I love the sermons. I love working with people in the church. Uh, meetings. I'm going to meetings much lately. You have uh, not
0: been going to no, much lately? No. Uh, why not?
2: I moved, and the meetings in South Philly are.
0: Uh, How long ago did you
2: move? It's been a while. Been a while. I used to go every morning.
0: Why? When I lived why in are you Chester giving Hill. Trevor so much shit? Uh, Sounds like you're in the same boat.
2: Well, that's actually why I went, started going back to meetings. Uh, Pam and I were very active in AA, and then we kind of drifted away. And then the kids started showing up on our doorsteps with problems with drugs and alcohol.
0: The, the kids mean your kids? Well, or? not just just not lots all, of kids. All the kids. You know,
2: Stephen and It was the next generation was approaching recovery. And one day Pam said to me, she she said, you know, we can't be telling these kids they got to go to meetings if we're not going to meetings. So uh, that made perfect sense to me. So we started going to meetings. Uh, And I I remember saying in meetings, I've said this many times in meetings, is, is when I started going, when I went back to meetings, I wonder why I ever stopped because I really like going to meetings. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I've got a lot of other things that I do that I didn't do when I was head of faith community and, uh, and went to meetings.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds to me, from an outsider perspective, that your life is a lot more fun now.
2: Well, it's music and, and dancing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the dancing, they both have a sense of community, much as the church and the program did. So yeah. I, 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 I need that. And music kind of takes you into a different place. You can't uh, you can't look at a piece of sheet music and have a guitar in your hand and think about much of anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes you out of the world. Uh, I really like that.
0: Anytime I start going down a negative emotional path, I interrupt it with singing and dancing, and I can't keep. I can't get. I can't get more negative once I start singing and dancing. And inevitably, if I if I do it probably for at least five minutes, I'm going to reverse my path. And oh. That's how I learned to not do through have drugs or alcohol. Is that I've been singing, dancing some very long. Age. I didn't know that people did bad things as coping mechanisms until I was like in my twenties. I thought that if you started feeling bad, you did something to make yourself feel good. And it's crazy to see that nobody else knows to do that. That almost well, sure everybody. Did. I mean, you feel
2: bad. You pick up a martini. You don't feel bad anymore,
0: but you do. <laughs> you have. To, I mean, I don't believe you. <laughs> I know you don't believe you.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe me, but I certainly believed me at the
0: time. Yeah, I mean, I just, but like, I think, I think no matter what, even if you think, I think you know that that's a temporary band aid and that you're not. Uh,
1: it's like Nick from New Girl in his box. It's in the box. Yeah. And... You don't gotta worry about
0: it. <laughs> it's in the box. And I live a life where I deal with things as soon as they come, <laughs> and I get shit done, that's and crazy. I take care of things, and. Then I don't have a built-up box. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, dancing and music are, and community that you get from these things are keeping you very sane and balanced and happy. Do you do you feel like you're missing anything by not having those more severe aspects?
1: What I hear missing, that I mean, that I would say the other two things, the meetings in the church, would have that those things didn't have would be service to others.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Don't you feel like sometimes you're of service to others in a dancing community I certainly do not like not like in <laughs> yeah I mean that's not fair I feel like I certainly I'm, although I'm bringing joy I'm, to people's what lives what I'm doing now
2: the smiles and dancing you know, when I get back to I'm going back to Philadelphia on Thursday yeah that's what I was going to yeah, say it's, yeah. it's life or death
1: so, it seems uh, like you've found yeah. other ways of being yeah. a service to others yeah. yeah instinctively and all those things you know, especially being service to others really makes you grateful
2: Foster's Actually, gratitude. you know, a second thought, when uh, when Dave got sick, the dance community rallied around him, and we had a fellow from Ithaca come into our community who hadn't, didn't know us, and uh, he observed this phenomenon, and it uh, he uh, he started to uh, talk to us about his observations, and it brought he he. he he went right to tears. He was so moved by the fact that the community just sort of stopped. He said, "Okay, we got hold the dance. <laughs> we gotta take that. Gotta take care of Dave now." Aww. Yeah, it's really been it's really been a wonderful feeling. To see
0: yeah. See everybody rally. That's and beautiful. Suicide. Yeah. Sounds like a great community.
2: We did that with Sarah's dog too. Aww. <laughs> we were at we were at the festival. And uh, Sarah's dog got lost. And Curly Taylor was on stage. (laughs) Julie, quick. (laughs) And uh, that's why we go to the festival, to hear Curly. And you could see it, you could hear the, you could see the, the message going around the dance floor. Sarah needs our help, Sarah needs our help. And the dance floor just cleared up. Curly <laughs> so must have wondered what the hell was going on, because we all left. <laughs> that bad?
0: <laughs> For Curly. Uh-huh.
2: And Sarah <laughs> looked up when we got to her her cabin, and she just she just she just fell apart because she Aww. just couldn't believe that 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 we would all leave <laughs> Curly Taylor to come
0: help fight her dog. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. That was really sweet.
1: Yeah. We found the dog. What's this festival that allows dogs.
0: Yeah, what? Strawberry. <laughs> All right, we're in. All right, yeah. First yeah. week of June, we can do it.
1: I like the sound of this.
0: What is the most environmentally friendly thing you do and the main environmentally friendly thing you would like others to do?
2: I would like them to give up recycling and get political.
0: And what does it mean to get political?
2: It means to, rather than worry about where you're going to put your plastic bags? Get on the phone and write your congressman, and get get some laws passed to save our planet. I think we're the the the, the recycling movement and all this stuff is a, as Mr. Lennon would say, it's an opiate for the masses. It makes, it makes us feel like we're doing something, and corporate America in one
1: minute produces more waste than we can recycle. In a lifetime. Well, legislation. Write about. Write. Write to them about. What? I'm gonna do. What? What's, well, for one thing, Tom, b-
2: admit that global warming is for real, and that it's our fault. Still, it's just absurd.
0: <laughs> Go listen to episode nineteen, I think, with uh, the other bill.
1: Yeah, he's, he's... To
0: hear specifically what you should be calling your congressman about. We do have a, not, a lot of non-U.S. listeners, but you guys probably also, I mean, you're doing better than the U.S., but I'm sure there's still political action you can take. I don't know what it is, but do it anyway.
2: And the carbon credits?
0: Well, i never completely Bill is understood. episode 17.
1: Listen to episode 17. Okay. You'll get an explanation. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: Kind of it is me. Bill H.R. 763, Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act.
1: There's a link on the Occasionally What baffles you about it? Baffles me about what? Carbon credit? I just don't understand the mechanism.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely listen to this episode. Yeah, I mean, He's I, part of the people who got the legislation written, and he talks about it in ways that make it make a lot of sense. Yeah, I've
2: heard I've heard environmentalists talk about it. I've heard. Economists talk about it. Uh, I believe them, I just don't understand them. I haven't taken the time to kind of do the math to figure it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything there needs to be a cultural shift, though. Stop spending money on shit that is plastic. If you increase the cost of plastic and gas, people will just pay more for plastic and gas.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I guess then, if you're taxing it, then you could seriously say that we then we have money to fix the issues that we're causing because we're taxing it.
0: Why do people do small talk?
2: Why do people do small talk?
0: Yeah. And what are your feelings on the subject?
2: (laughs) We talked about this yesterday. I hate small talk. Also, Uh, I uh, I don't do it.
0: How do you circumvent it? Go look for somebody interesting. You look for somebody interesting yeah, based yeah. on their appearance. What do you mean? Well,
2: <clears throat> if I walk into, I hate it, what I call it, a stand-up cocktail fight. You know, that that traditional cocktail party where everybody's standing around with a drink in their hand and the hors d'oeuvre in the other, trying to figure out where to, how to eat. Why do you uh-huh. hate it? Because it's all small talk. How? So I look for someone who's
0: interesting. We're not having standard seating at our wedding. We're having a handful of like long camp tables, uh, like five little cocktail tables, but it's this huge room with this giant wraparound porch and we want people to move and mingle and like not be put in a preset group and I would love to figure out a way to facilitate authentic connection and conversation mm, because I think that so many people who are coming to it's a very small wedding and I think that pretty much, well everyone who I know will really enjoy everyone else, really connect in some interesting ways but how do we get people to not just say bullshit
2: well when my friend Bill Lieber got married he got married in Washington and I Went to his wedding and I didn't know a soul at the wedding except for the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. And I got there a little late for the reception, so the restaurant was full. Mm-hmm. People were already seated. And I looked around and, and one of the tables had a a, a black couple. And all the rest of the, of the room was white. So I thought, well, that's interesting. Let's go find out what this is about. Who's I don't know if it was Bill's friend or Kathy's friend or what their connection was. And I went down and sat down, started talking to this fellow. And it uh, uh, turns out he was a uh, he was a blues music- musician who had, who had given up the blues because he didn't like the culture and uh, switched to gospel. And he said, not only was it healthier, but for the first time in his life, he was actually making money making music. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> And we got We got a very deep in the conversation, and at one point his wife turned to turned to him and said, "You know there you we have other people at the table that you probably want to talk to as well." And he looked at her, and he goes, "Woman, leave me be. I'm witnessing here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never says that to me all the time." Uh. <laughs>
2: Sometimes I do it with uh, uh, the musician. Sometimes it's the waitstaff. I find somebody in the room that sort of intrigues me, mm-hmm. either by... For whatever reason, it works. It's, it's a, I think it's just the fact that it's a conscious effort. makes it
0: work. Well, but there are a lot of circumstances where you're not walking into a big room with lots of different people to choose from. There's a lot of circumstances where you're sat at a table, like us eating on walking street the other night and there's maybe two people to talk to how do you not get into bullshit
2: talk politics
0: politics is its own form of bullshit
2: yeah uh, it's one of the topics that's sort of forbidden at the dinner table and I find that's a big mistake we have the we have the monthly soup nights now and we generally have
0: yeah you're gonna be eight, having them when, when we're home uh-huh. Can we come okay. yeah
2: We don't have eight to 12 people around the table. It does not devolve into small talk. They've been fascinating.
0: Well, I feel like rarely does a conversation devolve into small talk. Uh, In most circumstances, it starts out and then perhaps you can get somewhere deeper. And if not, the conversation likely ends. Yeah. Also, I hate it a lot less as a traveler. I hated it significantly more in America.
1: Yeah, but even, even even politics, I mean, it's tough, unless you're talking about a specific issue. You know, it's, it's the same bullshit. Trump, eh?
0: Yeah, and so much of the time it's like, I agree with your point. I agree with your point. But also, here's this other point. Well, I agree with that, too. Look at all these other people who don't agree with us. Let's keep talking about all the things that we totally agree upon and not add any new information, but be really enthusiastic about how much we're accomplishing with this conversation. And when people don't agree with you, like that one really racist Mexican dude we met, it's like, where the fuck do we go from here? I'm uncomfortable talking to you. I don't know what to possibly say. Clearly, your racism against your own culture is very deeply embedded. And, yeah, I don't know what I could possibly offer to this perspective. Uh. Well, you can disagree with it. Yeah.
2: Respectfully, which is you know.
0: Respectfully disagree with you, sir. I I think.
1: But take a risk. When there's not, you can't appeal to a sense of logic. Then there's not. What I mean is kind of what we were alluding to earlier is it's not doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't. And I've I've tried every which way I can figure out how to make you know. (laughs) To have the conversation in a way that can penetrate those barriers and. And I've, I've concluded that there's prerequisites to doing that. And, you know, being seen as authority is one of them. And, uh, you know, or being seen as objective or on their side is another.
0: Or being seen as attractive enough that they'll listen to you and be more open-minded. Legos, like my favorite Legos movie. Legos,
2: Ethos, and Pathos. Uh, it's logic. So yeah. logic is only one. Ethos and Pathos is the other two. Uh, ethos is kind of an emotional connection, and pathos is a, a logical, emotional, and, and and I guess ethos is the authority. You speak with authority, you can speak with emotion, or you can speak with logic. They're tools that, that, of rhetoric. Hmm. And, uh, pick one, go with it. Ask a good question.
0: Well, do you have any uh, any other topics you'd like to discuss, anything you'd like to tell people to look at, or any questions for us?
2: I think we've uh, hit a lot of them. No, I really don't. No.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Occasionally Interesting. It was, a, it was a pleasure delving into the depths with you. Yeah. And it's very nice how... Uh, and thank you for making a guest appearance on our last episode, where you, you definitely... Um, had something special of 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 it allowing people permission to be uh vulnerable and real. Well, that's really uh it's a really great gift. Thank you for bringing that into the world into our conversations.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.